Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Get us on the free Odyssey app. You can watch us live on YouTube, 855-839-1210. What's on the cut sheet coming up? 745, Sean Fresh coming up at 9 o'clock this morning. The great Donald Trump impersonator. That'll be fun as we wrap up another week. And uh, obviously waiting for the snow as we get ready for the news. And I'm sure there is a lot of it. Round number two at 702, the great Don Stensland. And good morning. The snow has begun. The emergency declaration began two minutes ago in the city of Philadelphia. That means you will get towed if you are parked on Philadelphia is on any of those 110 miles of emergency routes, which means most public streets. So you want to make sure that you have moved your vehicle off the roadway or you're going to get towed. That warning from the Philadelphia city officials this morning. We are sponsored in Kale and Company News Live by Budget Blinds as the light snow has begun, 29 degrees. So we are having a snow day for most Area school children, for sure, all city officials as far as the courts go, and a big news conference from the mayor and her administration last night as they're saying all hands on deck in Philadelphia and across the region, South Jersey. So right now there are also travel restrictions on our roadways. Most interstates, most highways and roadways are reducing the travel, the speed, so 45 miles an hour on most highways. And the warnings are out that this snow is going to get heavy mid-morning. So that's the big story this morning, of course, sponsored by Budget Blinds, as we look at what's going on in the news today. So let's talk about the grieving family of a teenager we've been talking about. And this is the family of a young man who just, a a teenager, a high school student, who just celebrated his 16th birthday. He was standing on a SEPTA platform, and a ricocheted bullet fired by two teens, according to to police, 16- and 17-year-olds now facing adult murder charges in adult court. But this teen, his family speaking out, he's been on life support for a week, and the family had said that they were praying about whether or not to pull the plug and having those discussions. It's just a heart-wrenching story of a teenager killed in Philadelphia by all accounts, just a good kid, a good student, a 10th grader in a Philadelphia public school. And he has, according to his mom speaking out, he actually went on to, went to heaven all on his own. So there were reports that that the family was speaking with doctors and, and discussing this, whether or not they should, quote-unquote, pull that plug. I, you know, none of us can even imagine. Yeah, there's you know, so many oh terrible situations and scenarios in life that I never want to have to endure. Being You, know, you never want to hear your child has cancer. I can't imagine what it would be like to have a kid mm-hmm. on basically life support, essentially brain dead, and you have to make that decision of you know ending the life. Like, that's just... You know, that just tugs at your heartstring. I mean, how do you not feel for that family? Oh, my God. So ultimately, um, the grieving mom, you know, the grieving family speaking out and calling for justice this morning. And they say that, you know, by all accounts, you know, Tyshawn Wells, the, the police we heard from right away, he was just he, he was coming actually from an event for kids at a, at a West Philadelphia you know, youth center where it was. And, and there were uh, he was a kid, a child of faith. A family of faith, wonderful family, wonderful student, 10th grader. 
and this these two thugs essentially open fire into one of them into the crowd. It ricochets off a wall, strikes his head, and he has been in critical condition on life support in the hospital. And so now he he passed away. He he has died. But the family saying he didn't deserve this. We need to make Septa safe. And I and I and I tell this the story of this this grieving family because every week we seem to be talking about this. But ultimately, he was standing on a SEPTA platform. Yeah. So we, this is why this case of Tyshawn Wells is exactly why our Pennsylvania lawmakers created a law that would create a situation for a special prosecutor with SEPTA. Ultimately, Governor Josh Shapiro signing it into law. So where is the special prosecutor? We now get the news that, in fact, in fact, they they missed the deadline. The Pennsylvania Attorney General's office missed the deadline to appoint the special prosecutor <laughs> to handle these cases, such as such as for the Wells family of Tyshawn Wells killers. And so they missed the deadline. So we don't have the special prosecutor. In fact, and these would handle cases involving crimes around SEPTA properties that we see. We just had one uh, just yesterday and, and this week with somebody stabbed. And so ultimately, that was the 15th Street Station early Thursday morning. That was the stabbing that happened. The AG's office was supposed to have appointed somebody to the newly created special prosecutor position by January 13th. That is the law in Pennsylvania that outlines this role. And so we know that Krasner held a news conference the very morning before Tyshawn, by the way, was shot. Now, Krasner did not hold a news conference that evening. Mm-hmm. And Nick, I know you've talked a lot about this. Yep. Did not has, you know, did come out and say that the two accused offenders will be charged as adults. Right. But ultimately, why? Why is it that mm-hmm. they did not appoint the special prosecutor and they missed the deadline? So some are saying, are they just incompetent? Was this on purpose? Is this a strategy? And so we, you know, we, we <laughs> all, don't have work. All of the above. Can I take all of the above? Yeah. <laughs> incompetent, intentional, the whole bit. So uh, the spokesperson for the Attorney General, Michelle Henry, says, quote, the position remains posted as of this week. They're not elaborating or answering all of the questions as to where's the special prosecutor? Mm-hmm. Why did you miss the deadline? So we do have a government shutdown averted as the House has passed a bill to keep the United States funded until March, despite, uh, you know, despite the situation with the Speaker Mike Johnson uh, dealing with conservative Republicans who are not happy mm-hmm. with the funding. So that's a big headline this morning that I know Nick has talked about and will talk about. I tell you, there's a lot of people not happy with Mike Johnson yeah. in that role as the Speaker of the House. Mm. I don't know how long he's going to last. I get the sense that people are starting to get a little irritated by the guy, certainly on the uh, the further right of the uh, Republican aisle. You know, it's not. it's a tough job. It is. It's it a, is. It just shows those those individuals, especially Republicans, who were successful made it look easy. But under the Democrat, to your point, Nancy Pelosi, Democrats are more like sheep, so they'll tend. I think I, I think they follow more, and so you didn't hear the pushback against Pelosi by your own party. That's right. So sometimes our own strengths are also our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, <laughs> well know? said, absolutely. <laughs> So we do have this um, snow emergency. It started just a few minutes ago this morning. The snow is coming down lightly, but it's going to get heavy. Winter storm 
uh, warning emergencies. And this is obviously for the entire mid-Atlantic region as we talk about this this morning. So just the heads up, schools are shut down, city, city buildings, city services, all of that is in place. Let's get to the forecast real quick here if we can. And that means that we are expecting... We are expecting six inches of snow across our region, minimum of four inches. I know there are some snow models. Sue Serio from Fox 29 was saying it's, it is possible we could get up to eight inches, but it looks more like for most of us, four to six. Yeah, most, most, most are four to six. Yeah, occasionally you get the eight spot, but you know. <clears throat> Mustard. You know, I work. <laughs> I could make a really inappropriate joke. Well, that's what I was hoping but, for. I just figured I'd leave everybody out there to dry my, a little bit. Because my alma mater, Fox 29, <laughs> Sue Serio is also married to my friend Bill Vargas. So uh, she's married to yeah. an African-American man. So Okay. I'll just, uh, I love Billy V and I love Sue. They just celebrated another wedding anniversary. Yeah. But we'll talk about the forecast here as we continue. So <laughs> the snow gets heavy um, by lunchtime, by noon. It, it starts to get pretty heavy as this. We are under a winter storm warning. National Weather Service issuing all of this. And frigid temperatures, 29 degrees, but with the wind chill, it feels like 21 degrees. So, you know, this is for our entire region. And so as it accumulates, everybody warned, you know, stay safe today. The high, just 30 degrees today. The snow emergency ends at 10 o'clock tonight, but the snow is expected to start to taper off between 7 and 9 p.m. So hopefully those road crews are out and can get things cleared up. Tomorrow, a high of just 23 degrees, so chilly, but at least the sun comes out. And then for your Sunday, 31 degrees, bright sunny skies. Monday, 35 degrees. So the better, I think, sledding day is actually going to be Sunday. Because we're going to have, you know, everybody's digging out tomorrow. It's still going to be frigid. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the, the, the premium sledding is for Sunday. I used to love sledding as a Me kid. Too. My God, was that so much fun. <laughs> hours upon hours out there. You'd be like, wait a minute, I got to go inside. My hands are starting to turn purple. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's just, I think kids deserve it. I'm glad they that everybody has a snow day. Although Philadelphia schools, Philadelphia public schools released that statement we talked earlier about, which was a flexible mm-hmm. learning day so, so are, is everybody on board with okay so let's say we get four six eight inches whatever and then next week comes it's in the mid 40s the high 40s it rains it washes it away and we have nothing for the rest of the winter we get an yeah. early jump start to spring are yes. we all on board with this yes okay. yes this week is enough that's it We're all done. right you had your fun i've had enough winter after this week yes thank you but we stop all- it just stop it i agree <laughs> But we always have that. We always have that right around Valentine's Day. Yeah, there's the risk. Yeah. So since this is a snowy winter, I wonder if it'll be around that Valentine's weekend, mid February. Mm-hmm. Yep. Seems like we always get some major storm. We shall see. I'm well, with do you guys, guys remember that giant Easter storm in like March a few years back? Yeah, that's yes. the worst. That when you're, that's like that's like the equivalent of being on the bike ride to Atlantic City and you start to see the casinos and you think you've reached the finish line, only to realize you're still about seven miles away. Yeah. Well said. Yep. Budget Blinds is our sponsor. BudgetBlinds.com, your one-stop shop for blinds, shades, shutters, custom drapery, motorization, free in-home consultations, and the only... No questions asked warranty in the business. Ask about their exclusive inspired collection online, budgetblinds.com. 
Kellen Company News Live. All right, Dawn, thank you very much. 714 on this Friday morning. Coming up next, we have to answer the question, why is it that the media will prop up people for praising BLM or the trans community, but they will edit out any praise of religion? It's a very interesting question that we need to ask of NBC Sports. The details behind this story Coming up next, as we continue, Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. When it comes to the NFL playoffs, you've, you've got to win one game at a time. But when you bet the NFL playoffs on FanDuel, a partnership with Valley Forge Casino, one game can mean a lot of wins. FanDuel is America's number one sports book and, ha- and has all your favorite bets, like the money line and spreads, plus all sorts of prop bets. Looking ahead uh, this weekend, Saturday's game, Houston at Baltimore. Uh, Green Bay at San Francisco. I like uh, uh, Detroit minus 6.5 at Tampa Bay. I like the Chiefs plus 2.5 at Buffalo. Right now, every time there's an NFL playoff game, FanDuel is giving all customers a no-sweat same-game party. That means when you combine all your bets for a chance at an even bigger payday, you'll get bonus bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't win. Just, just go to FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg if you don't already have an account. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 1210 WPHT. Make every moment more with FanDuel. An official sportsbook partner of the NFL, 21 and over, president of PA. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gaming problem. A 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. And, of course, watch us live on YouTube. What's on the cut sheet? Well, you're going to find out in just about 24 minutes. So, We have to get to this story because this is not the first time I have seen this sort of stealth editing trend by the mainstream media. And if you don't know what we are talking about, NBC Sports goes all MSNBC on Houston Texans rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud, um, young quarterback from Ohio State, uh, African-American male. And they edited out his thoughts on his faith. And I am wondering if they would do the same if C.J. Stroud was Muslim. I'm wondering if they would do the same if he was propping up BLM or DEI or the trans community or any other um, demographic or box that has been marginalized in the past in the United States or throughout the planet. So I'm going to set this story up for you, and then you're going to hear the two clips of his original full context, and then what NBC decided to edit out, and then we will expose these weasels. And then Donovan McNabb, who uh, works with Fox News and OutKick, Uh, had some uh, choice words about what NBC decided to do. So here's how it went down. NBC Sports reposted its post-game interview last weekend after the Houston Texans pulled off an upset of the Cleveland Browns. And Texans quarterback C.J. Stroud on social media, and the NBC posted this following their victory over the Browns on Saturday. But NBC suspiciously edited the video, omitting what Stroud would consider the most principled line in his in his response which is his mention of jesus christ 
So, um, understand that C.J. Stroud has a strong faith. He references his faith during every interview on the field, and it means everything to him. He even explained to Fox News before the NFL draft last year why he keeps his faith first. He said, it's what's kept me grounded even through my season in February of 2023. Football has a lot of ups and downs, a lot of twists and turns. But at the end of the day, it's all about your foundation. And something that sets his foundation is his faith. A lot of pro athletes, very religious. Sometimes it's cliche, I think. Sometimes I think they genuinely mean it, and it's a big part of their life. So now keep in mind, the game was on NBC last Saturday, not Peacock, but on NBC television. You saw the post-game interview on the field, and then NBC Sports repackaged it on their social media feed, and they edited it out. So let's listen. Anthony has the real context and the edited context. They will run back-to-back for you. Listen to this. This is audio only, by the way, so nothing on YouTube, but you will hear it. Take a listen to this. first NFL season and a record-setting performance for you, what does this moment mean? I mean, it's been amazing being in this city for as short as I've been. But First of all, I just want to give all glory and praise my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's been amazing. <laughs> so it looks like, once again, Greg Stocker, we have mainstream media editing where they are taking stuff that doesn't want to fit with their or match their agenda. You can't even say that it was because of time or because of it. It was it was literally three seconds. Yeah. It was literally three seconds of audio. They 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 purposely did that is unbelievable. Yes, it is. It, it it's it's wild to me because and Dawn, I know you are uh, very religious and and faith means something to you. I I can't imagine if C J Stroud was of the Muslim faith, would they take that out in this day and age where we have the mainstream media and the left propping up Palestine and pro Hamas and pro Pal- for, from the river to the sea um it, it would because if they took out the muslim uh faith of CJ Stroud if he was muslim the muslim community would be so outraged and NBC would be like you know what well, we probably shouldn't do this cuz we're going to face backlash but because I'm, I'm presuming and I have no idea what CJ Stroud's denomination is but he's obviously a christian and Jesus Christ and the whole bit they took that out. I, I I can't envision that happening for many other groups out there. But for some reason, it's okay because it's well, it's it's a, it's a Christian. So I want to know who made that decision. Yeah, exactly. Who who is the individual? Was it a producer? Was there a discussion? Who made seriously? Who made that decision? And to Greg's point, it's three seconds. It's not like yeah. you had time constraints. There's I mean, no you excuse. made you made an editorial choice to omit three seconds. So think about that. This whoever did this, and if it was a group discussion, was it just one person who made an individual call? I can't imagine that. And so, who edited that out? And why? Why is it so important to that individual to edit out the authentic statement from somebody praising, you know, his his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Right. It's it's funny. Why for somebody like me who's not religious, mm-hmm. that, like that offends me so much that this guy who is like you know. Nick, not to go in the weeds here, but this is a this this story about C.J. Stroud is an amazing story. Oh, he's unbelievable for and, rookie, and 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 it you know he he is such a great backstory, mm-hmm. and you know to tell the whole package of this kid, you know his faith is a big part of it, mm-hmm. and to take that out, yeah. Like if I'm C.J. Stroud, I'm on the phone, or my agent or whatever is on the phone with NBC, being like, guys, like what, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, tell them like, next time we won't do a post game interview. Exactly. I'll, I'll decline to speak. 
Right. You're taking me – you can say that you're taking me out of context because that's not what I said. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's, that's the epitome of fake news. It is. That's the epitome of fake news. And this is – you know, NBC Sports is a big operation. NBC has got a lot of money. Uh, you know, they're owned by Comcast, the whole bit. It's not like, um, you know, they're a, a little slappy radio station in Bismarck, South Dakota, with one intern that does 40 jobs, and, you know, some, some college intern decided to edit it out. I mean, there's probably, a, you know, many full-time producers that are paid well, that take what they do on TV and repackage it for social media. i got to believe that that was, at, at the very least, two or three people that said, hey, why don't we just take out this religious stuff? This wasn't just, you know, so, some intern making $12 an hour or, you know, a part-timer out of college that said, well, I'm just going to tighten this up a little bit. Highly doubt that's the way it works at a place like NBC. And so NFL fans are, you know, obviously, obviously NBC is getting crucified over this. They should as be. they should. Yeah. But, you know, they'll probably fire some, you know, some lower level producer or somebody. They'll blame it on that person. Right. But that's not an easy edit, right? Because it's right in the middle there. Yeah. It's actually a tougher mm-hmm. edit, especially right. on video. It doesn't make it sound as organic then, right? And we'll remember, it's not just the audio. Right. They're seeing it. So now you have to say, okay, we're going to cover, we're going to put a little other cover video. So in television, there's another layer to this because yep. it's visual. So this had to, inv- in my humble opinion, it had to have involved Somebody who says do this, they go into an editing booth mm-hmm. and they instruct an editor to do it. Yep. And Correct. so why is it so important to you to take Jesus out of the news? Mm-hmm. That's been the agenda of the left for a while. And Donovan McNabb, former Eagle great quarterback, is having none of it. McNabb, who works for OutKick and hosts a podcast called The Five Spot. If you recall, OutKick was purchased by Fox News. Uh, he says, quote, it's very lame. Players always express that as well, and to have that cut out is truly disrespectful. There are a lot of people out there who are Christians and believe in Jesus, and those who don't believe in Jesus still, they don't feel like that's disrespectful to them. To cut it out and be a media outlet that's focusing on the game, interviewing these players, the fans want to feel as one with the player, and when they hear a player talk, they break down everything that young man says and young woman. I just think for NBC, they stuck their foot in a hole at this particular particular point and they got to get themselves out of the hole that was donovan McNabb on uh yeah number five will always love you the five spot as he once famously said (laughs) um you know McNabb's a weird guy but uh, i think he's right on this front and i don't know um you know if McNabb is super religious i have no idea if McNabb's conservative Uh, he does work he's a christian guy yeah probably is um he attended the bible studies here Oh, did he? When he was, mm-hmm. Okay. He had a regular. It was Thursday nights oh. with all of them. Okay. Very good. D-Doc, everybody. So well, most Dawkins definitely. I mean, Dawkins wears his religion on his sleeve. By the way, a lot of NFL players are. Yeah. So, like, you're 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 teeing off the entire league by doing this almost yep. because a lot of those guys are very religious. That's correct. All right. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, Nikki Haley is facing a South Carolina problem. The details on the other side. But right now, Don Stenslin has no problems with the Piazza Auto Group. That's right. You know, we think the world of our friends at Piazza Auto Group. And for Nick, came in safely on his Honda Ridgeline. You know, for, for my family, I feel safe in my Honda, my son's Honda. And the Piazza family, and that's what we love about them. They're across the entire region, whether it's Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware. And they're always just going to treat you like your family, 
But with this, Piazza is very excited to welcome two new members to their family of dealerships, Infinity Ardmore, Maserati of the Main Line, both located right there on Lancaster Avenue. So you're going to get the same first-class customer experiences that you've always come to affect to expect from Piazza, and especially from Piazza Premium Automobiles. Find your newer certified pre-owned Infiniti, Maserati, or other Piazza luxury brands like Jaguar, Land Rover, Mercedes-Benz, BMW, much more. PiazzaPremiumAutos.com. It's Kale & Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Just rambling on in the snow as we continue live on this Friday morning. Nick, Don, and Greg. Cut sheet coming up in about six minutes. Was just going down the hallway with Lorenzo to get some coffee during the break mm-hmm. and looking outside. I mean, it is snowing. It's light, but it's coming down fast and it's blowing sideways. Um, I'm not a traffic and weather correspondent, but I would say visibility is quickly diminishing yeah. in Center City, Philadelphia. Eek! We might be stuck here. Great. What if, what if we're all stuck here together? I'll just I'll co-host. I'll just co-host with you. <laughs> I'll co-host with Dom. I'll basically go Travis Mannion Radiothon today on the Friday. I'll just do 13 straight hours. What else am I going to do? No football until tomorrow. I'll just Some wait till it stops. Yeah. You need a co-host? <sighs> Man, uh, yes. Well, and we need. Ike Reese talking about those Tasty Cake donuts. Just the way you said the powdered donuts. Oh, really? Made me so hungry. <laughs> nice to get a food drop from time to time. I know. I always love that too. By the way, like when the email comes out from like you know the bosses or from like the front desk at like eleven thirty in the morning, twelve o'clock when I'm already home. Hey, there's leftover hoagies in the out in the hub. <laughs> Where was that at seven forty five when I was starving, eating my fist? Ah, all right, seven forty. Good to have everybody in here on this Friday morning. As my uh, earbuds are acting up here, Uh-oh. yeah, I got all kinds of static in here. This could be tough. Just give me a second. Talk amongst yourselves for a moment. You know here. what? Are we having static on the air? That's what I, was, I feel like. That, I'm uh, hearing static. Is oh. that me? That might be me. Okay, I thought that was my that earbuds. Little gas. Ooh, yeah. Is that me? There, better. Yeah, that was you. Uh, um, better. Then Anthony, you're gonna have to play the cuts, buddy. Sorry. Uh oh. Oh, his cutboard fader was up. Uh oh. Yeah. Oh. The cutboard fader. The plot thickens. <laughs> Dorenza's going to have to do double dun, duty. Done. Done. Okay. Are you be able to do that? I maybe I will need a co-host. <laughs> yeah, I'll run the board for you. <laughs> I haven't ran a board since 2012. Was the last time when I was producing for for Tony Bruno and Harry Mays. Although it's actually, uh, to my knowledge, it looks like the same exact board, and uh, that's a wide orbit system. Is that correct, Dorenzo? Correct. I yes. remember wide orbit. See, I'm not too far removed from that. The glory days when I made $13 an hour. All right. So Nikki Haley is facing a South Carolina problem. And I I think this is interesting because we are so focused on the next stop, which is New Hampshire. And we're still a month away from South Carolina. But we have seen now the polls. And we gave you the breakdown yesterday of how Trump is spending money. Trump is actually advertising on MSNBC in the state of New Hampshire with attack ads against Nikki Haley. And Trump is up anywhere from 14 to 27 points when you look at the various polls that have ran pretty much since December through the second, third week here of January. And he was up at one point, 30, 35 points. So it's it's come down a little bit. But I still think Trump will walk away and win New New Hampshire relatively easily. I think he'll win by double digits. But they're talking in the Wall Street Journal about how Nikki actually has a South Carolina problem. 
which is what we've also said with DeSantis. You know, he's got a Florida problem. Well, DeSantis has a problem everywhere. But, you know, Nikki Haley, I mean, this is, I mean, she is a lifer in South Carolina. She's a Clemson graduate. She was born and raised in the Palmetto State. You know, I mean, she is South Carolina through and through. Yet here we are. And Wall Street Journal with a good breakdown on why South Carolina is still actually Trump country, despite the deep personal ties. Trump is basically hovering about a 30-point lead in the state of South Carolina when you look at all of the polls. He's been sitting right around 50% support, and Nikki Haley uh, is about 20% with DeSantis in the low teens or even the single digits, which is another reason why DeSantis should drop out because he has no path. Uh, But Nancy Mace says that South Carolina likes Nikki Haley, but South Carolina loves Donald Trump. Now, it's also worth noting that only Lindsey Graham of the notable Republican GOP leaders in the state of South Carolina have endorsed Donald Trump. Nancy Mace has not given an endorsement yet for whatever these endorsements are worth, and maybe it's not worth a whole heck of a lot. But Lindsey Graham has done so. Nancy Mace has not. Tim Scott. I remember, remember Tim Scott was actually in this race at one point, <laughs> right? And yeah. then he brought out his girlfriend, and then he kind of disappeared and I'll soon we forget. suspended his race. Uh, <laughs> Tim Scott has not issued an endorsement yet either, although uh, you're looking at some of these issues here. Uh, they point out in the Wall Street Journal, to blunt Trump's rise, Haley, and this is you know the, the path for Nikki again, but that was Politico last week. This is Wall Street Journal today. Haley would need to win or come very close in New Hampshire. She's not going to win New Hampshire. Could she come very close? I think that's still an outside long shot. Uh, but that is coming up on January 23rd. And then... On Monday. Yes, on Monday. And uh, I believe... I think the results will be in by, I think Fox was saying, around 10 o'clock. And then she would need a convincing win on her home turf in South Carolina. So a convincing win? Again, I don't think she'll be close in New Hampshire, and I don't think she wins, much less has a convincing win in South Carolina. That will be on February 24th. So we keep thinking about Super Tuesday, March 5th. That, to me, feels like the absolute latest point in time. Where in, in my line of thinking and looking at the path and the math and all the different polls where DeSantis should be long gone. He should be gone by a month already at February 24th. And Nikki Haley should come to the conclusion that there is no path for her, despite her donors, despite the fact that there's, um, uh, oh, God, what's his name? He's the one that's also bankrolling some of these prosecutions against Trump. We just mentioned his name yesterday. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on uh, the big Democrat donor who's, who's backing not no, not Soros. Um, oh God, what was his name yesterday? I forget. Anyway, uh, Joe Biden moment. Uh, but it's, it's, it's not going to matter. So anyway. yeah. So I, I just look at all of these different stories that are coming out now. You have Politico, you had Axios, and now Wall Street Journal. They're all trying to find a way to say. And you know what I really think it is, and what it comes down to. Um, and I, you know, maybe I'm guilty of it at times as well. Drumming up drama or interest in something that people really are losing interest in like we're all of these outlets are trying to say hey here's how nikki can you know be the fly in the ointment and you know throw in a wrinkle and it's like okay i get it you want somebody to click on your story and read your column or listen to your podcast or whatever it is watch your video there's no path like everybody just needs to arrive at the conclusion 
that it's 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 one man. And you know these these outlets keep saying every week. Well, if she's gonna do it, here's how it can be done. Mm-hmm. No, it can't be done. But they are all invested in the horse race that is this. You know this race, and it's losing steam. Yeah, I mean, I really feel like right now more people. If you said, "Hey, Republicans," from a intrigue and interest standpoint, what is the thing you're most interested in? I think people are more interested in a January 6th case and with things that's, uh, that are going on with Jack Smith than they are these actual primaries. I mean, we're all, it's only January 19th, and it feels like the, the whole thing has lost its steam. People have driven. Vivek is suspended. DeSantis is probably a matter of days, if not a couple of weeks. And then Nikki Haley's got about a month and a week left. She's got five weeks to go, and she's done. She yeah. could make it to Pennsylvania. You think so? And that's what, April 23rd? 28th or 23rd, yeah, Yeah. something like that. Okay. First of all, well, I think this is why, I think for DeSantis, I think that's why he's skipping New Hampshire. He's in South Carolina right now, and this is his last stand. And I feel like he's now mitigating things. So he's he he wants to, you know, you just talked earlier about the fact that he said, oh, I regret my media strategies. He's already doing some post-analysis of his failed presidential campaign Mm -hmm. and trying to save face yes as florida governor but is he does he want to tee himself up as a trump supporter and to be part of the new administration yeah that's the only question and i think he's going to endorse trump but then Mm -hmm. i think he's just going back to florida to be a governor i don't think now yeah i I could see i i could see him you know giving the the speech hopefully trying to win some of maga back but you know desantis saying i i believe him when he says this um, I didn't enter this race for a cabinet position. I didn't enter this race to be a VP. I'm an action man. I'm a leader. I'm not because let's be honest. You, know, you look at the VP. Can you see him doing no, the, the defense roles? Secretary. Oh, Secretary of Defense. Will we he? Should... Will he tell? Will he tell his superiors if he's having a pancreas <laughs> issue? Can you even imagine? Can you imagine that? The Lloyd Austin. Has anybody seen Ron? We haven't seen Ron in three days. Oh, he's in the Just ICU. No, Mustard. Not... None of it would have happened. It's unacceptable. Ron, where are you? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but wouldn't it be great in South that Carolina? Voice. I know. But wouldn't it be great in South Carolina? Because this is the first Joe Biden showing. That's why Joe, you know, he's not in Iowa. He's not in New Hampshire. Wanted to make his first showing in South Carolina. Yeah. Because, by the way, he gets embarrassed in Iowa and New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And so wouldn't it be fantastic if for, by the time we get to South Carolina, all of the GOP, you know, just embraces Trump, yep. says he's our guy, yep. and boom, just come out with both barrels yep. in South Carolina, yep. and let's embarrass Biden in South Carolina. Yep, there you go. Uh, and Dawn, yes, your text is correct. Reed Hoffman, the Democrat donor. You didn't have to say my text. That's, that's who I was uh, thinking of that I couldn't remember. He, he's you said guy. it yesterday. Yeah, Reed Hoffman. All right, sounds like an attorney. Uh, Seven forty-nine as we get going here on a Friday edition of What's on the Cut Sheet. What's on the Cut Sheet? What's on the Cut Sheet on this Friday? Is brought to you by our good friends at Cherry Hill Volvo. We're right now. You can get a sensational 2023 S60, courtesy of Volvo, for less than $29,000. These beautiful Volvos have less than 5,000 miles. Hurry to Cherry Hill Volvo today to get yours. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Check them out on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. I stand by my assertion that uh, the winter months, January, February, beginning March, best time to buy a car. Do it. All right. 
let's do this. So a lot happened last night when most of us were in bed. Uh, Trump gave an interview with Hannity. Sean Hannity. That's shocking, I know. <laughs> I know it was shocking <laughs> was that Donald live? Trump was on with Sean. I, I, I don't know. I didn't see it live. I just watched clips at 4.30 this morning. Um <laughs> So uh, they were talking about the New Hampshire primary and about Nikki Haley's lead. I'm going to kind of start there since that's where you kind of left off, Nick Hale. Um, they were talking about how dopey it is that, it, that, that they have this system in New Hampshire and other states uh, where Dems are allowed to vote in Republican primaries. Uh, I'm going to start here with cut 12 here, boys. There might be a little bit of a delay, so if you can queue up cut 12 and go. In history... Well, let me ask you this, and I love the state of New Hampshire. I love the people of New Hampshire. I don't like their primary system for one reason. They have what's called an open primary. Uh, already we know that nearly 4,000 Democratic voters have switched affiliation to Republican or undeclared, <clears throat> meaning independent, ahead of the primary, according to the Secretary of State's office. And it is believed, for example, one woman who's... Uh, on uh, a co-chair of, of Nikki Haley's campaign, her own daughter, a Democrat, changed her affiliation from Democrat to Republican to vote for Haley in the primary. But even Governor Sununu, not a friend of yours, told our own Neil Cavuto that it's troubling that many of these people that will switch as Democrats and turn to independents and vote in the Republican primary, that when push comes to shove, that they would choose Biden in the end over any Republican. I'm not that fond of that system. Does that concern you? You, you? The real clear politics average has you up by 13. The Suffolk poll just out today, I think, had you up by 16. Um, it was the CNN poll that had you up by seven. Does that system bother you? It bothers me. And the governor should have done something about it instead of talking, waste his time with Nikki because she's not going to make it. She has no chance. She's got no way. Maggot's not going to be with her. And, you know, when you said the uh, Democrats voting, no, it doesn't say that. It said about Nikki that 50 percent of the Republicans would be lost to Nikki, only to Nikki, not even to Ronda Sanctimonious. So, you know, it's a bad thing for her, but it's a bad thing for us. Who has a system where Democrats are allowed to vote in the Republican primary? And New Hampshire is an incredible place. I love the people. We we won New Hampshire last time. It was fantastic what we did. And, you know, we have great spirit, great everything. But you need a system. You need a governor that's going to get it changed, not just talking about it. He's been talking about it for four years, never got it done. So Democrats are allowed to vote, which they're going to vote for her because they don't want to run against me. They want to run against her. You know, it's a very simple system. Uh, we are leading Biden in every poll. Michigan just came out. We're leading by 11. Uh, Georgia just came out. We're leading by 13 points. We're leading everywhere now. And she's not. You know, she has one obsolete poll that she likes. She's about two months old where she was leading Biden. Well, that those days are gone. She's not leading Biden anymore. The problem is the Democrats want her to run desperately. So they have a lot of Democrats signing up in New Hampshire. But I don't think it's going to matter. I saw one where we're at 50 or 51 and she was at 34, I believe. And I think we're yeah. going to be in very good shape like we were. And if you look at Iowa, nobody knew we were going to blow it out like that. You know, we were at I think right, you can stop it now. I, 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 I'm it, curious what you guys think yeah, about about the. Yeah, it, it's a garbage system. And Democrats are diabolical. And you give them an inch and they will take a mile. So you get to go in there as a Dem, 
flip to R, vote for Nikki, and then go back to voting for Joe Biden in the election. There should be, if first of all, they should get rid of the system completely. But if that's going to be permitted, there should be some time where you are stuck in R mode. Like, if you want to do that and vote for Nikki, that's fine. But you can't flip back until after the general election to D. This is a weasel move by a lot of never Trumpers. You know, this would be like this would be like a cowboy fan that it's not allowed into Lincoln Financial Field because they're not an Eagle fan, and they throw on an Eagle jersey just to gain admission to the stadium. And when they get to their seats, they put their cowboy jersey back on. Yeah, but can I tell you something? This is once again Republicans or conservatives claiming that you got played once again because Democrats are they think. I'm just going to say this, Democrat, partisan, not even Democrat, but the progressives especially, but Democrats who are partisans and career partisans, they think like thieves. They're always looking how they can game the system. Yes. Okay. And well, well, well but, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before we talk about this. But let me talk Rush about Limbaugh. open primary states and the states' rights Rush issue. Rush Limbaugh did a thing called Operation Chaos in 2008 where he had Republicans go and vote for Hillary Clinton over Barack Obama because he thought that she was more beatable. Right, because this is, so he was somebody who was doing that. He was strategizing. But so open primary states, there are a lot of them. And and then you have, so we're a closed primary in Pennsylvania. Good. But those open to unaffiliated voters, you know, uh, New Hampshire's not alone. Arizona, Colorado, North Carolina, Maine, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, they have unaffiliate, unaffiliated voters, primary states. Remember, I mentioned this yesterday that you have to be, you have to be in a position where you have said you are unaffiliated. Mm-hmm. So you can't just go from being a Democrat right to voting in the Republican. You have to go from Democrat to then declaring unaffiliated and then right before the primary, then you can go okay. both ways. Okay. In open primary states, like Minnesota is one of them. Alabama, a ton of them are actually open primary states, which I support. Wisconsin is that mm-hmm. because that that to me it does not shut you down. Let's say you're a declared independent and yeah. you can't vote in the primary. But in Pennsylvania, we're a closed primary. The bottom line here is we can't whine about these state systems because we have, they have state rights. Mm-hmm. That's their system. Yeah. So if they don't like it, then then campaign on that push for a change. Mm-hmm. But you got played. You're getting do, played. Do you see any scenario where where this happens in any state where there's a significant enough, uh, a significant amount of people that you know game the system that play it that will ultimately cost Trump a state? I I, I mean I I'm I'm not sure where. I mean, could that happen in New Hampshire? It, it, does it get Nikki into the single digits as far as her deficit? Does that is it enough to get her over the top in South Carolina? I don't know that it is. I mean, if the polls are accurate, especially with South Carolina, Trump's up 30 points. I mean, you could have some people that flip and try to you know, do this in certain states, but I, I don't think it's going to cost Trump. It is, it is, I think it is a Bush League system, though. I hate it. You know the movie Moneyball with Brad Pitt? Yeah, of course, Billy and, Bean. Right, it's based on Billy Bean. And so he discovers this, this brainiac kid who figures out how to do the stats and basically win and game the system mm-hmm. that's what the gop needs to do yeah they need a money ball attitude yep. to figure it out we because need somebody like we need some smart guy from mit like in the movie <laughs> 21 that was counting cards that knew how to you know do the whole bit that's what we need because remember it's jonah hill plays i forget peter peter brand 
and he snaps his finger and he goes, Peter? <laughs> you know what I mean? And he, so maybe that's, I don't know, Vivek Ramaswamy, is he that genius guy? But my Ramaswamy. point is, Democrats have figured this out. Democrats are trying to do the money ball strategy. Mm-hmm. And, and so without saying you're, they're stealing the election, let's just say it's a money ball situation. So be smarter, get smarter. And don't get outplayed. Dems go above and beyond, and Republicans just cry about it on social yeah. media. So stop your whining. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. More from Trump and Hannity. Uh, last night, by the way, going after Haley, Nikki Haley a lot, says MAGA is not with her. Um, I don't know if that, what you guys think about that, if that changes your thoughts on if he will make her VP or not. Um, but let's go to cut uh, 13 here. Guys, go. Hard. He loves his country, and, and sometimes maybe you shouldn't be as personal. What was your reaction to that? Well, I know it, and I know it very well, but we also have to win, Sean. If I were uh, a different type of person, I think I would have been out of office a long time ago. You wouldn't have even gone through it. They hit me with Russia, Russia, Russia before the election even. I mean, if you look at it, it was before the 2016 election. It was all set up, and I fired Comey. I did a big job. We got rid of a lot of the deep state. And I will tell you, uh, you know, then we had the COVID come two and a half years later, but nobody ever had a better economy. We're the greatest economy in the history of our country. We're the strongest border in the history of our country. I built over 500 miles of wall. We got Mexico to give us 28,000 free soldiers, free of charge. Not that easy to get, by the way. I had to do a lot of maneuvering, including tariffs and other things to get it. But we, uh, you know, by the way, speaking of tariffs, we took in hundreds of billions of dollars for, from China. And of that, we gave $28 billion to our farmers because they were abused by China. What China did to our farmers was horrible. And we did a great job for our country. You know, again, the largest tax cuts in history. The Democrats want to double up and triple up on the, on the taxes. They want to double your taxes and triple your taxes. I got you the biggest, bigger than the Reagan tax cuts. You and I were talking about that the other day. And you called up about uh, the Reagan cuts and our cuts. Our cuts were substantially bigger. We got rid of the death tax or the estate tax for farmers and small manufacturers. You know, I mean, what we did was an amazing thing. Those tax cuts. And getting back and getting back to your one part of the question, though, we did all of that. And we had to fight off all of the witch hunts and the scandals and the the horrible self. These people, what they did. Russia, 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 Ukraine, 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 51 intelligence agents saying that the laptop from hell was created by Russia, not by Hunter Biden. Okay, it was Hunter Biden all the way. They lied to Congress. They lied to everybody. Two impeachments that went nowhere. They went absolutely nowhere. But I mean, if I were a softer individual and I'll tell you something, Ron DeSantis or Nikki or anybody else, if they were in my position, if they were here, they would have been hit just as hard. These people play tough, much tougher than the Republicans play. And the Republicans have to get tougher. But Nikki would, I know Nikki very well. She worked for me for a long time. She would not be able to handle that position. She would not be able to handle the onslaught. With all of that being said, within the Republican Party, I want to bring unity. And within the nation, I want to bring unity. And you know, unity is going to come from success because. When we had this country prior to COVID and then even after COVID, but especially prior to COVID, the China virus coming in, we had the most successful country ever in history. There's never been anything like it, what we did. And, you know, the other side was calling me and they were coming to me. They wanted to talk. It was all coming together. Success will bring everybody under the same tent. 
You know, I, I, I covered yeah, all of And that. success will also be his ultimate revenge and redemption. You know, he's been saying, um, you know, uh, we're, I'm not going to have time. I'm going to be way too busy. We're going to be too successful for revenge and redemption. And I, I actually believe that. That's how you get your payback on, you know, anybody over the last three and a half years. But in regards to the Nikki Haley thing, um, Trump is one of these guys that when he's competing against you, he's full throttle. He'll go for mm-hmm. the juggler. He, he's cutthroat. But then when you bail out or he beats you, it's all good. Perfect example, point in case, Vivek Ramaswamy. A few days ago, Trump roasted him on social media. And then as soon as Vivek dropped out, they're on stage together. They're bro-hugging and uh, handshaking and fist-pumping. And Vivek's giving the speech. I think the same thing would be uh, in play with Nikki Haley. It's it's a game right now. It's a battle. It's, It's cutthroat. As soon as Nikki Haley goes by the wayside, I think Trump is absolutely open to it. But I want to just say this. I see this all the time on Twitter. And Twitter's correct from the standpoint of MAGA is not in bed with Nikki Haley. They want no parts of her. But I, uh, here's, where I, here's where I call your bluff. For those out there that say, if you select Nikki to be your VP, I will not vote for you, Donald Trump. You are so full of crap. You are the biggest liar. <laughs> you know what Twitter is? Twitter's the place where you go to say, if this happens, this is what I will do, right? Yeah. Like, if Donald Trump gets reelected, I'm leaving the country, says Left Winger. And Left Winger's still here. There's no way anybody will not vote for Trump because Nikki Haley's the VP. And if you do that, as I said like three weeks ago on this show, that makes you a loser because that makes a you that gives a vote for Joe Biden and that makes you scum. 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 I don't want to hear one Trump supporter that comes through with their threat on Twitter that says, if Donald Trump selects Nikki Haley, I will I'm out on the MAGA movement, I will not vote for Trump. If you actually deliver on your word, you're a loser. If he picks Nikki Haley, he's not anti establishment. If he picks Nikki Haley, it it it's clear that he thinks that there's she she gains him something that he doesn't yes. have. Yes, and Trump is Trump is willing to move away from some conservative stuff and be more open minded and slide back slightly closer to center on some issues. And if he thinks Nikki's got the great message on abortion and that's a winning a winning message and a winning element, yeah. he's going to select Nikki, and yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm I'm not for Nikki. But I would never move off of Trump because of Nikki Haley as my VP. But I don't think it, even though I think she may very well be in his cabinet, I think, I, I, I do think it'll be somebody else. You think Sarah? Well, I hope, I hope Sarah. I love Sarah. Does, Tuls- but, does Tulsi Gabbard make sense from the standpoint no. of she used to be a Democrat? And if you're trying to win over some of the independents or the moderates, is Tulsi kind of a sales pitch that you can use to win some of these people in battleground states? I really like Tulsi Gabbard. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that they, they have to analyze that. I just... Um, She's pro-choice, isn't she? I be- Yes. Is she? Okay. I'm telling you. I'm telling so, you, don't discount that, guys. I'm not discounting don't her. Don't discount that. I'm not discounting her. I'm just okay. saying... Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I mean, Elise Stefanik certainly raised her value on a national stage recently by blasting the anti-Semitic, you know, ridiculous situation that's happening on campuses, including here in our area. Mm-hmm. But I still, I still think that Sarah Huckabee Sanders, for a multitude of reasons, is somebody who unites the party. 
but I also think as a female voice, as a well-spoken individual, she, well, she would be a fighter, but she would also be incredible on the campaign trail with him. And I think she diffuses a whole lot as well as the abortion issue. Ortho on YouTube, on the YouTube chat. By the way, streaming live on YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Uh, please hit the like button if you have not done so. We're only at 53 likes, so please hit the like button. Uh, and if you have not done so, please hit the subscribe button. Ortho on YouTube says that Biden may choose Haley. Can you imagine that? Oh, my God. <laughs> Biden that would be something. Yeah, Biden wishes, but he can't. He cannot shake Kamala. It would. It's not going to happen. I know. And then you're going to have. You know, as I've said before, I think there's some people out there that just assume Nikki Haley's a white lady. Could you imagine some uninformed anchor on MSNBC or CNN? They got rid of Kamala for a white girl. One more Trump. Could happen. One more Trump clip with Hannity. Hannity asked a, a very good question because he, if you guys remember a few weeks ago. Uh, Trump said that he does not think he's going to be running against Joe Biden in 2024. I agree. So Hannity asked him about that. This is cut 14, guys. Go. And is going to be the Democratic nominee. And you said no. Do you still feel that way? And if you don't think it's him, who do you think is likely to replace him? Look, he can't put two sentences together. He can't find the stairs off a stage, which there are a lot of them up there. Believe me, they're all over the place. He can't find his way off a stage when he makes a very short speech, and it has to be short because it can't be long. He can't negotiate. You Look at what's happening. The whole world is blowing up. You know, Viktor Orban, the prime minister of Hungary, very tough guy, smart guy, brilliant guy, uh, very respected, but tough. They asked him what's going on with the world. He said one thing, very simple, bring back Trump. When Trump was here, everybody was afraid of Trump. Now, I don't want to say that because I don't like that word. But he said it. He's probably the toughest leader over there, one of the toughest anywhere, but highly respected and knows he gets it. He said, you bring back Trump, it's all going to disappear. They all respected Trump and they were afraid of Trump, but they all respected Trump. And it's true. Putin would have never attacked Ukraine. I got along with Putin. You know, it's good to get along with people like Putin and like others. Uh, you, you take a look at what's going on with China. They're just licking their chops right now to go into Taiwan. That would never even have, they wouldn't have even thought about it with me. And I had talks with President Xi. I have a great relationship. If Hillary Clinton would have won, you would have had a nuclear war with North Korea. Kim Jong-un, I got along with him, too. Nobody ever got to talk to him except me. And I Rocket got man. not only talk to him, I got along with him great. It's good to get along with people that have massive nuclear weapons. And they have massive, they have a large nuclear stockpile. So well, you I know, did a job. It, but I mean, if you go I did, back. I did the job and we made America great again. And these Quiet, people, Sean, what they're doing to our country, <laughs> they're allowing millions and millions of people to pour through just, it's an invasion into it's our amazing. country. And they're coming from prisons Honestly, and they're coming uh, from you, mental institutions. You can, you can cut it off. Mental institutions. All right, there he is. It's just, it's, it's, it's like Hannity should have just said this hour brought to you by Donald Trump. Here you yeah. go. Yeah, this you is amazing. I mean? like, I, he doesn't even breathe. Although, you know, it's weird. He doesn't breathe in some of these long winded dissertations. And then other times he's sniffing through his nose every two seconds. <laughs> it's, look at where, it's where the lavalier mic is. It's where the mic is. Placed. Yeah, it put is. it low on his tie. Um, so here's the thing, um, and I don't even remember what the question was. What was the question? Other than uh, I know about Joe Biden being the nominee that he faces in 2024. Yeah, see, I'm I'm in the same camp, and I've I've come over to that side that he is going to get replaced. I do think it will be in the summer. Perhaps. By the way, I, he didn't answer the question. No, he, but it, he went I, on. and that's the that's where I'm with with Trump is. 
I don't know who it's going to be. I really, I, Gavin Newsom seems too obvious, right? Michelle Obama seems way too, too much of a reach and a stretch. And there doesn't seem to be anybody in between, right? Like every time you think it's when it looks too obvious, that's usually not the correct answer. So that by that line of thought and that tra- school of thinking, that eliminates Gavin. And then you know you think about Michelle Obama, but then again, it's like boy, that's that really does seem far fetched. Again, I won't rule it out. I still think there's a sliver of a shot in hell that it does happen. But I, in between that, I can't come up with another solution. That, and yeah. I think that's really what goes to show. That the Republicans are so much deeper, so much younger, so much more diverse. Uh, you know, you go on through these candidates that we've you know mocked at times, but I actually think all of them are capable of beating Joe Biden. I think Nikki would beat Joe. You know, we see the polls, 17% lead over Joe in a hypothetical matchup. I think DeSantis would beat Joe Biden. I think Trump would beat Biden. And yet here are the Democrats, and they're looking around. Who's their up-and-comer? It was supposed to be Gavin, and Gavin says, I don't want anything to do with it. I'm not running in 24. He told Hannity that directly, if you believe him at face value. Just remember, guys, the we talked last week or whatever it was about the the ratings and the people that watched the town hall and um, the debate. Six million people, maybe. There are very, very, very few people paying attention right now. Very few people. And so. I, I, I got to be honest, I, I don't know when it, you know... Maybe people start paying attention when we get through Labor Day and we're you know six eight weeks out, but I think attention and excitement and interest are two different things. I, I just get the sense that people, generally speaking, are just not excited for any of these primaries right now. Like the ratings have gone down in each and every one. The field is slowly dwindling away, and I think if you pulled everybody right now on Twitter or YouTube with our audience and said. What's your level of interest, 1 to 10, on any more primaries or debates? I think it's going to be like a 1 or a 2. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I think that this, this election is going to be a la 20, uh, 2000, Bush v. Gore. Yeah. And also with these town halls that are going on in between these debates, people like in the know, like the three of us, are almost oblivious at times that, hey, at 9 o'clock tonight on CNN, DeSantis is wow. on. Or at 9 o'clock tonight, Haley, like, I'm not even paying attention to it anymore. I wait for the cut sheet. You, uh, I've learned you te- all I need to know. You teed me up uh, for that perfectly because, yes, Nikki Haley held a uh, town hall in New Hampshire uh, last night where she took some questions from the crowd. Uh, she's on the same side with you, Nick Hale, about banning TikTok. Okay. Uh, she was asked about that by a college student. Uh, Going to start here with cut 15. Guys, go should vet and and uh shut down ideas that we deem harmful uh you floated the idea of social media companies verifying all users by name and one of your opponents governor DeSantis, has sanctioned pro-palestine student groups on public university campuses in the state of florida so my question is will you commit to being principled on free speech meaning uh supporting even that speech that you disagree with And if yes, what's your plan to do that? So I will always fight for freedom of speech. What I was referring to when it comes to our tech companies is there is a responsibility that our social media companies have. What I think they should do is they should show us their algorithms. They should be completely transparent so that you know why they push what they push, why you see what they what you see, all of that. That's a business transparency situation. 
when it comes to disclosing who you are, I'm not saying that Americans have to disclose their name. What I'm saying is you have millions of foreign bots where there are no people behind them. When I was at the United Nations, Russia, China, and Iran knew and said it was the cheapest form of warfare. There are millions of bots that are spreading disinformation, that are sowing division in our country, and they're doing this to spread harmful things to our younger uh, teenagers. And what I'm saying is those social media companies have to do something with the foreign bots. I will always fight for Americans' freedom of speech, but I am not going to fight for Russians and Iranians and Chinese freedom of speech. And that's what's happening. That's the part we have to take care of. Now, as a mom, do I wish everybody would put their name next to their comment? I think it would be great. I think it would be more civil. I think we would have less, you know, of the child pornography. I think we'd have less of the other things. But I'm not going to saying government should make anybody do anything. What I do think is this is a national security risk when tech companies know that there are millions of foreign bots and they're doing absolutely nothing about it. If you go, it's another reason why I think we have to ban TikTok. India banned TikTok because it was causing so much social disruption. Nepal did the same thing. Why are we continuing to have a social media platform that is controlled by the Chinese Communist Party that we know is doing harmful things to us, like putting Osama bin Laden's letter up there and all those things. That's what I don't want. I want you to have as much freedom of speech as possible. I do not want those that hate us to be able to have freedom of speech and cause division in our country. So Uh, I know, Greg, you say that bans never work, and you're probably right with that. I think it's I think it's hit or I think Nikki gets one part right and one part wrong. She continues to double down and be wrong on the identity issue with free speech on social media about putting your name next to everything. So she's going to continue to get backlash for that. But where I think she does earn points as somebody that has been labeled very pro-China, as Nick ha- Nikki Haley has. Remember, DeSantis has stopped uh, letting land be purchased in Florida by by the Chinese uh, and things like that. Where Nikki earns points is, I think, is when she says she wants to ban TikTok. I think there's a lot of people out there that want that banned because of the ability of the Chinese to spy on American citizens. That ByteDance company is basically controlled by the Communist Party of China. But Here's the thing. Vivek actually took a flamethrower to Nikki on that stance because Vivek has said, no, we need to embrace TikTok as Republicans because it's a vital tool to reach people. And that's where Democrats beat the you know what out of Republicans on social media. So there's many different ways that you can look at this. Yeah, I think that the most one of the most compelling pieces of this is you know, we have questions. For example, the facial recognition. And if you are, if you have these, an app like TikTok and you have it downloaded into your phone. Now they've denied this. They've said absolutely not. But for example, do they have your information, your facial recognition? We've heard testimony before Congress, people, experts under oath saying even to the Congress members, they know where you are. They have access to some of your information right now, can see some of what you're doing all of this, you know, so if I am in state government or local government or, you know, at a school, that sort of thing, you certainly have the right to say, you know what, we're not comfortable with certain apps that are tracking individuals, especially the Communist Party or any party that's just weird and creepy and especially for minors. So 
if you're a private company or you're an entity, a state, municipality, county, whatever, and you decide, no, you're not going to allow that app or anybody to have mm-hmm. it, then you have that right. Yeah. But for the federal government, it's is it the federal government's role? Nope. The only time it could be would be under the guise of it is the job of the president, the federal government, to say you're keeping people safe. Mm-hmm. So is there a that danger a to national security? That's the way they will frame that, though, national security mm-hmm. risk. But the reality is this. The moment you buy one of these that I'm holding up in my hand right now, my smartphone, yeah. you're being tracked. Whether you have an app on there or not, I mean, your, your exact GPS location from the cell phone companies, I mean, if the government says, hey, AT&T, uh, pinpoint Nick Kale's location right now, all AT&T has to do is look and they can tell where I'm at. I'm sure you guys are like me. I don't know how many times in the mail I get letters that says, hey, sorry, see, uh, security breach for so-and-so, security breach for this. Sorry, your information may have been leaked on this. Mm-hmm. All the time. Our information is everywhere. Of course. It doesn't matter. Yep. So it's disingenuous. Exiled Kraken says these apps are all hosted in a store. The free market could also just pressure the, the device manufacturers. He also says this is so disingenuous. How can you identify and target foreign bots without massive surveillance? That's the problem. Under the guise of safety and under the guise of everything, they can just do whatever they want to. Just like, well, we, we're going to keep you safe by doing this. Mm-hmm. It's just it's, – it's like where does it end? Yeah. You know what I mean? I just – I don't know. Well, the Biden administration is already having banks that are tracking your online purchases based on certain keywords. I saw this yesterday. Anything that you do and purchase online with the words Trump or MAGA are mm-hmm. automatically being tracked by some of these – these financial institutions. And again, to your point, Greg, how will they frame it and position it? National security. It's up to the parents. You don't want your kids on TikTok? Don't, you know, tell them not to go on TikTok. I don't know. I know, I know it's, you know, it's not that easy. I know everybody says that. I mm-hmm. get it. You know, everything my parents told me to do, I did the opposite. I understand that. Uh, and it's very tough for um, my daughters because TikTok's a big app in the dance community. Yeah. So all of the girls on the dance team are always posting these little 20-second videos on TikTok of them dancing and learning, like, you know, they basically mimic a, a song and a music video, and they repost it themselves. I'm like, anytime I see my daughters on FaceTime in the background, and they're, I'm like, oh, they must be posting a new dance video. Well, that's how the app, like, started. It was all dance trends, and now it's yeah. got to this point. Yep. But if you look at, and my kids first told me this, if you look at the information as to the same app, TikTok, for China, for China, it's all about math and science Education and promoting being smart and well educated. But you know, to me, it's disingenuous for any for for example for Nikki Haley if she talks about TikTok and the dangers of that. Then why is it that we do business with China? We rely on them to to create right. What at least twenty percent of our medication, mm-hmm. and we get food from them. So if you're going to consume, literally swallow the pills that they send, and consume the food that they send, but you think that oh somehow the app is really dangerous, that's that's not consistent to me. Mm-hmm. And so agreed. you have to, you know, come yeah. on. Uh, she also said that. 
she's she's look i know you guys might disagree with this but i think this statement that she make makes it resonates with a lot of people she said do we really want to have two 80 year olds running for president cut 16 guys go here tonight why won't trump debate you and what would you say to him if he did well, I think, you know, what we've seen is he does tend to throw a temper tantrum, um, you know, when there's not a reason for me to respond back to it. I would love for him to debate. That's what I've said this whole time. I think it's good for voters to be able to see what their options are. But this is the similarities you're seeing with Trump and Biden. Neither one of them will debate their opponents. And I think it's very telling that we're dealing with more of the same, more of the same where you've got these in- incumbent presidents that think they don't have to show you the differences between them and their opponents. I think that's the problem. I think that's exactly why we need new generational leaders. This election is very much going to be, are we getting more of the same or do we want to go in a new direction? More of the same being that 70% of Americans have said they don't want a rematch between Trump and Biden. The majority of Americans have very low, have very high disapproval numbers for both Trump and Biden. Trump and Biden both spent trillions of dollars that put us in debt that our kids are never going to forgive either one of them for. You look at the fact that we want to get them focused, but right now, do we really want to have two 80-year-olds running for president? when we've got a country in disarray and a world on fire. And then you look finally at the fact that they are so distracted by their own investigations and by their own grievances that when I think about my kids, I want a president who's going to be focused on what we need to do to fix the economy, what we need to do to secure the border once and for all, what we need to do to make sure we get our kids reading again and going back to the basics in education, what we need to do to make sure that our country is safe. Those are the things. We don't need people that are distracted. We need people who love America and realize if your time is gone, move out of the way and let a new generational leader come in and start to fix things. So, Governor, in recent days, Trump has waged some... You know, age to me is only an issue and only a factor when what you are hearing or what you are seeing from the individual is a concern. So, point being, Joe is 81 years old. But Trump is right. He can't string together sentences. He can't walk. Donald Trump coming up on 78 years old still plays to a single-digit handicap on the golf course. Still, I think, is 90-95% cognitively of what he was in 2020 or 2016. So to me, when I look at age, it's only to me, it should be a case-by-case basis. Like, when Dianne Feinstein was alive, if Dianne Feinstein at 90 years old was still with it, yeah, there would be jokes, but you know what? Sharp as attack. Dawn, you said your father's, what, 87, 88, 88, and he's still like he was when he was 58. It's not an issue until it's an issue. I get it, guys, but that's not the way a lot of people look at it. They just look at age. I'm telling you. Yeah, no, you're I, right. I hear this all the time. It's like, really? These these are our two choices? I hear that all the time. So I do understand what you're saying. It does. It's, it's not about age it's about competency and i agree with you that that you know donald trump at 78 or whatever he is is way different than joe biden i i i understand all that but to the majority of people not us Mm -hmm. we're not paying attention all the time see two 80 year olds and they're like this is this is we can do better than this that's what that's what the majority of people think yeah and part of it is that that ageism is a discrimination that continues in our country other cultures other than american culture because american culture what do we celebrate we celebrate youth we celebrate looks 
other countries, mm-hmm. actually many other countries, yep. celebrate wisdom, wisdom. and so experience. Right. You're so right. So this is part of the American culture. So that that is an ageism that we need to talk about more. Because and but but it also weaves in an aspect of healthy. Are you healthy? Because if you are healthy and fit and look at Trump now, he is losing weight and he has said he has said that Melania has him on a diet. But he's somebody who is when when he was going on in the Sean Hannity interview, was anybody thinking about his age at that point? No. And, And look at look at the rigors of his schedule just this week, flying back and forth every night, every day to New ha- Iowa, New Hampshire, giving all of these speeches back and forth, his mother-in-law's funeral, back then for apparently a live interview on Hannity or a pre-tape or whatever, but back and forth, back and forth, this weekend, stumping before New Hampshire on Monday. This is a schedule that would be tough for anybody. Remember Hillary Clinton, my God, when she was on the campaign trail and she was, what, 70? Mm-hmm. And they had her, like, hyperventilating in a van? <laughs> You remember that? I mean, seriously. So for for anybody of any age, this is a tough schedule for Trump. I mean, look at him. And and that is a testament, I believe, to the fact the guy has never been a drinker, a smoker, a drug doer. We should all take note of that. Right. Well, I mean, he just like, likes McDonald's. Let's look at Keith Richards and Mick Jagger. They're both 80 years old and they're both fit as a fiddle and going on tour. So the the whole drug and drinking thing, it, it's all genetics. It's all genetics. Yeah, who it doesn't is, matter. Uh, who I is, disagree with that to some mm. extent because the the two, I mean, rockers that you just mentioned, they at some point woke up and they do think, you know, all the QC kinetics, the blood transfusion, like they do all that stuff. Yeah. But they've been healthy and living a healthy lifestyle for a very long time. Much like I've said, my dad, 88 years old, turns 89 in April. But he he was a chain smoker, quit, quit drinking, quit smoking as a chain smoker when he was in his mid-40s. Wow. And, and my dad takes zero prescription medications. That's awesome. Zero. Who was the, who was the Again, guy that genetics. we said? Yeah. Again, it's genetics. in part genetics, but was not it all. Ta- was it ta- 100% genetics. It was what, Tommy Lee that was drinking a gallon of vodka a day yeah. was the story we had? Yeah, and he looks, and by the way, he looks fabulous. He's 60 years old. He looks Remarkable. fabulous. Because just... he stopped drinking a gallon a day, Greg. There are no, alcohol, <laughs> there are no alcoholic 90-year-olds. There are no alcoholic obese people. I mean, they don't find one for me. And Bill Maher was, you know, pointed that out, and we play, you played that clip. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, that'll do it for round one of the cut sheet. We've got our buddy Sean Ferret. We're going to actually get to the bottom of it. If is it for yeah. Here's what I need out of our producers. I need to know if it's Farash or Faresh before we get on the air so I can butcher it after I've already been told <laughs> what it is correctly. Uh, he will join us, Sean Farash, coming up at 9 o'clock, the great Donald Trump impressionist. Uh, also, we will get to Dawn's big three on the other side. And in between that, I think once and for all, I think, Greg, I think it's time that we say, you know what, we've given women too many rights. We've Agreed. given women too many opportunities in this yep. world. we no, got to take it back. we yeah. we got to take a stand here. Uh, straight white cis men have been ran over long enough. It's run time over. for a run over. It's time to reestablish <laughs> this country, and we That's will right. do that when we come back after the big three. Stay tuned. We continue. Kale and Company live here on a Friday morning. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Start your day with Kale and Company, weekday mornings 6 till 10 on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.